The Profit Margin Written by Adam Argo Narrated by Bo Thomas He's my monster. I made him. Revolution time. I smell the smoke that comes from a gun named Extinction. The Pixies. Chapter 1. In Media Resentment. Careening at 95 along the Pacific Coast Highway, Tommy Knox couldn't bring himself to pull over. Despite the red and blue blossoms of light flaring behind him, he was determined to make it out of Malibu before he was arrested. He knew he couldn't shake the cops, but if Bannister was going to take him out, he didn't want it all over the tabloids the next morning. He was still in the 30-mile zone where paparazzi snipers perched on police-band radios, stalking coked-out celebrities for headshots. He fingered the call button on his steering wheel. Bloop, bloop. Call Marty, said Tommy, surprised to hear the anxiety in his own voice. Calm down, asshole. You'll talk your way out of this one, too. Calling Marty, the hands-free unit announced in a seductive electronic timbre. The long road stretched into the night with a flurry of red and blue on his tail. The phone rang twice before Marty picked up. Jesus Christ, Tommy, said Marty, his voice barely human through the tinny filter of the phone. Where you been? I called. Remember the time your ex found the dildo in your jag and I covered for you? Said me and Shelley took it for a Long Island cruise? Tommy listened for a full beat with no answer. I'm calling it in. The long silence said it all. Tommy had held on to that favor for more than ten years. What do you need? Marty asked in his down-to-business tone. I got the NSA on my tail with a fleet of five O's. Sirens wailed in the background as Tommy flew down the highway. Fuck, said Marty. Where you at? Coming up on Zuma. I think it's a setup for Bannister to bring me in. Shit, what the fuck do you do that interview for? Listen to me, said Tommy. I got a dead man switch, an external hard drive locked up in the war box. It's got recordings, videos, documents. Enough proof to expose those assholes and tear down the whole fucking circus. If I don't call you by noon tomorrow, upload that shit to every media site. Are you crazy? What kind of an idiot do you think I am? God damn it, Marty. You're my fucking co-producer. Produce some shit. You're not pitching a fucking pilot, Marty shouted back. The speaker whined with digital distortion. You want Owen Wilson to play the greatest American hero in the network reboot? I'm your man. But I don't dick around with the NSA. Tommy gripped the wheel, still gunning the gas. Anguish buried deep inside him scraped at his gut and wouldn't stop until he uttered the words. It was my fault, he confessed. I killed him. I'm the reason he's dead. Come on, man, you, you, can, you can't blame yourself. I fed him to the wolves, and I'm next on the menu. That hard drive is my only leverage. Tommy, if I leak those docs, it'll make me radioactive. I'll be implicated. Dildo, Marty. If I didn't cover your ass, your wife would have taken everything. But Tom, dildo! Tommy howled into the speaker. Jesus, Tom, all right, Marty groaned. But after this, we're even. No more dildo bullshit. In fact, I think you'll owe me. Ring! 
The dashboard screen lit up with his wife's number. Deal, said Tommy. I'll call you tomorrow if I'm still alive. He punched the answer button on the steering wheel. Hey, baby, said Tommy, trying to hide the anxiety, his voice drowning in the cacophony of sirens. He peered down the highway beyond the bend. A nest of escalades and cop cars formed a blockade across the road. Are you on your way yet? she asked, a voice like butter to the toast of his burnt soul. Tommy slowed to a crawl as the mob of law enforcement hoisted their rifles and handguns, backlit by the cherry-red and blueberry lights flashing in rhythmic succession. An officer blared through a megaphone. Mr. Knox, turn off the car and come out with your hands in the air. From the side of the road, Tommy caught sight of a lightning pop, the flash of a TMZ paparazzo's camera. Baby, said Tommy, I might be running a little late. Chlorine. Chlorine and... Plaster? Tommy sniffed the air through the sack covering his head. Besides the acrid smell of his own breath and sweat, he managed to pick up a few random smells. He spent the last hour alone in a chair, handcuffed. Blind as he was, his imagination ran wild with all the terrible things they were about to do to him. What was the chlorine for? Chemical burns? If they wanted to torture him for information, it wouldn't take chlorine to get him to talk. Shit, they wouldn't even have to tickle him. He'd tell them everything they wanted to know. Tommy was a total pussy when it came to physical pain. Battling with executives, studio heads and talent was a different matter. When his creative input was threatened, he had a pair of brass balls. He'd fight like a fucking gladiator. But pinch his nipples or give him a rug burn and he'd turn into a simpering little Nancy. A series of footsteps clopped down an iron staircase, echoing through the room. He felt a small hand grip the sack, then rip it off his head, plucking a few hairs. Already? said Tommy. That was really working on my pores. His eyes struggled, adjusting to the hot glow of a low-hanging lamp. A fierce, small woman in a suit with a stern face eyeballed him. This was Agent Hicks. Her six-foot-five partner removed Tommy's handcuffs, then stood back at attention, cracking his neck as he mad-dogged him. He was the kind of gorilla they used to show that they meant business. Tommy surveyed the room for any landmarks to tell him where he was. The room was some sort of industrial studio in a factory. Walls of concrete, metal fixtures, windows painted over, a skylight thirty feet ahead. This was a black site. A place of waterboarding and interrogation, a human rights free zone. Tommy felt a cold chill flush through his body. Agent Hicks opened a black leather folder and scanned the contents. Confessions of a tweenage mom, she said, towering over him. Toddlers and tummy tucks. So you think you can hoard? She read the names of each reality show he had produced like a judge at an arraignment. It was a list of Tommy's crimes against culture. She closed her folder and glared at him. And who can forget gender wars? You're a fan? Tommy asked. How's a hack reality show producer become the CEO of the world's fastest growing religion? You know what they say, said Tommy. One man's trash is another man's garbage. She glared at him, 
not amused. You monkey-barred your way from one sinking ship to another your entire career, and suddenly you're the top dog for a church that rose to world fame in less than a year, she said. I want to know how a two-bit freak show hustler becomes the president of the ultimate megachurch. Tommy didn't know whether to take offense or stop bragging. Jesus, you got more mixed metaphors than a Commonwealth cocktail, he said. Technically, we're not a church. We're a media company. We entertain. But you sell religion. We sell hope. Hope for what? Tommy looked at her with a cynical grin, resenting the interrogation. Hope is its own commodity, he said. Sounds like another way to say you take people's money for nothing. And chicks for free, said Tommy, slapping the table. Ba-dum-bum. He looked for the slightest hint of a sense of humor. Nothing. Not a Dire Straits fan? Hicks gave him a long, cold stare that made him squirt a few drops of piss in his boxes. She glanced at the other agent. Lifting a black briefcase and placing it on the table, she opened the lid and produced a folder. Tommy tried to peek in the case, but she repositioned it. She slid the folder in front of him and opened to the first page. There were photos of Tommy standing to the right of his holy fucking highness himself. No records, said Hicks. No birth certificate. No social security number. Never paid taxes. Not even a fake driver's license. Ten months ago, he was nobody. A ghost. Not even a country of origin. Credentials like those, he could have run for president, am I right? Said Tommy, lifting his hand to high-five the stone-faced agent. He's going to leave me hanging? I want to know who he is and how he knows what he knows. You and me both, lady, said Tommy. If you track him down, tell him I got a few questions of my own. Cocksucker still owes me a hundy. Agent Hicks hunched over the table with her arms spread wide, scowling at Tommy. Is he still alive? Tommy choked. Don't believe what you see in the news, said Tommy condescendingly. I'll believe he's dead the day he meets me on the road to Damascus and kicks me in the balls. Are you suggesting he faked his own death? asked Hicks. Tommy looked at her. She must be playing with him. She had to know the real story, or what were they doing here? He looked at the other agent. His face had as much expression as a grey cinder block. What could he say? Shit, they already knew everything. They had to. They were just roasting him to see him sweat. Fuck it. All right, said Tommy. You want to know the truth about Nava? Everybody likes his high holy ass like he's a goddamn saint, but the truth is, he looked her square in the eye, he's a monster. He took a long pause to let it sink in. I don't just mean some fucking diva, either. I mean he's a Frankenstein kind of monster, a great towering leviathan with words for teeth and claws of menacing charisma. He shreds whole cities with blind adulation, leaving nothing but the shells of disillusioned souls in his wake. The villagers should be loading up on pitchforks and torches for that son of a bitch, Tommy leaned in, dropping his voice to a deadly serious pitch. But let me be explicitly clear about this. He's my monster. I made him. On 
on the next episode of The Profit Margin. The set erupted into a Guernica-like field of manicured nails, hair extensions, out-of-season tans and surreal prosthetically enhanced body parts as all five housewives leapt into the fray. A wild cacophony of sneers, screams and cat-like howls blew the mic levels with a mad chorus of Fuck you, bitch! And I'm gonna kick your cunt! Get the blood! Camera two, get the blood! They clinked the glass and threw back the shots. I'm gonna start a new religion. Marty's face twisted into crooked question mark. Religion? But you're an atheist. I'm more of a practicing agnostic. The full audiobook of The Profit Margin is available now at cinematocore.com. Have you always wanted to be able to do accents and impressions? Have you ever tried to learn? It's hard, isn't it, trying to find YouTube tutorials and string together videos of people talking? That's why we've invented something called Accentify. Hi, I'm Bo Thomas and I narrated this book, The Profit Margin. And you might have noticed I do some accents in there. Well, I'm also an accent and dialect coach. And we're developing an app called Accentify to help people learn accents free from home without needing to pay for a coach, but with the same level of feedback. And you can get this app for free by signing up to the wait list at www.accentify, that's A-C-C-E-N-T-I-F-Y, .co.uk, not .com, I'm English. And if you do this, you will be the first to know when Accentify releases, which should be very soon. It also helps us pitch to investors, so it's very helpful for me as well. Lastly, if you'd like to hire me for any of your voiceover projects or for accent coaching itself, you can contact me at bothomasvo at gmail.com or bo at accenthelp.co.uk. I'd love to hear from you.